It's time for the Mark Childress Show on 105.5 The Roar. Sports from a different angle with national guests and exclusive player and coach interviews. And now, Mark Childress. Welcome in to the Mark Childress Show, Season 2, Episode 2, a shortened version this evening of the show, and uh, for good reason. They had to move Tiger Calls, was scheduled uh, with Brad Brownell on Monday night. There was something important going on for Clemson Nation on Monday night, so they moved Tiger Calls to tonight, and I was more than happy to cede hour number one of the show to Brad Brownell. I think a win over North Carolina and a win over Duke. In the last, what, four days? Uh, We'll we'll get that for you. So uh, thanks for being here, hanging out with me. Hey, if you're listening on the Roar, on the radio side, on the app, or in an internet browser, go on over to the Roar's Facebook page. Uh, We have uh, the show streaming. We simulcast it. We're in the Prong Studios in uh, Greenville, South Carolina. You can hang out with us and participate with the show uh, with us over there. We'll be here until 9 o'clock and back. Man, it's been like, what, seven or eight weeks He's so busy, I can only get him in uh, every once in a while now from uh, the Rich Take on Sports podcast. You can also hear right here on The Roar, Mr. Richmond Weaver. Welcome, sir. Welcome. I'm glad that I got an invitation again. It wasn't so much that I was so busy. I just never got an invitation. That's the yeah, problem. that's what it was. That's exactly what it was. It was a lack of invitation. It's all on me. Yes, it is. I was waiting for it in the mail. There we go. Nothing. There we go. No, it's glad to be here. I'm glad to be here, I should say. And I'm glad to be back. Yeah, and if you guys want to jump in with us again, 654-7627, of course, is uh, the phone lines. And you're welcome to come in uh, that way and, uh, and chat with us. Uh, plenty on the docket tonight. We'll, of course, be uh, wrapping up the national championship game. We haven't had a chance to talk on air since the uh, ball game on Monday night. Plenty to discuss there. Two huge basketball wins. Richmond, a former basketball coach, were both season ticket holders for the basketball team. So plenty to uh, talk about from there. And uh, on to the NFL this weekend. Two gigantic games, even though the college season is over. Plenty to talk about on the NFL. Plenty of Clemson players still in the mix um, that could be playing in the Super Bowl and maybe even winning a ring this year. So uh, some exciting stuff there as well. So, uh, Richmond, uh, your initial thoughts on the Clemson loss to LSU the other night? Obviously, you ran into a buzzsaw. Yes. LSU is a really good team, and it just seemed to be one of those type of seasons where I look back on it and think of the Auburn 2010 season. Just yeah. kind of came out of nowhere. Not, mm-hmm. I mean, Auburn was a good team, obviously. LSU 10-3 and last year, a really good team. But to all of a sudden just explode on the national scene like they did and the way they were finishing teams was a surprise. Mm-hmm. And I never expected that type of offensive firepower that would come out of LSU. And obviously the Clemson defense struggled at times. But in all reality... The game, I, I felt that it had obviously the the ebbs and flows of a game and has different chapters, so to speak. Yeah. And you can look at statistics. You can look at the numbers. Overall, our defense actually played not terrible. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to give them an A-plus or anything no. like that. Yeah, obviously. Right. But in all reality, the defense was at least given the offense a chance and given the offense a chance to stay in a shootout. And unfortunately, the offense just didn't get in a shootout with LSU. Yep. And it's it's okay to get in a shootout. Your defense can't 
necessarily just put the clamps on every single team. It's hard to stop offenses in college football today, just the way they're designed, right? And especially then when you have playmakers like LSU has. And I I felt that that was one of the things that surprised me because what was the one thing that we were worried about going into the season for Clemson team? The defense. Right, exactly. So it was the defense. It was never the offense. 14 really good games and one kind of difficult game. Yes. But it was an incredible offense that LSU has. And it was the one game where our offense really didn't show up down the stretch. Now, obviously, we can look at the North Carolina game as well. But I'm saying when it really mattered and it felt like our offense was on a roll. uh, Now, again, they had to work their way through the Ohio State game. But I felt that, all right, they're not going to come out flat. And they didn't seem to come out flat to start the game. So it, it just seemed to be one of those games where it was just in different chapters. Things didn't line up for Clemson. And they lined up for LSU, which they had been doing all year long and it was almost like a season of destiny for LSU for them to win the national championship. I think the uh, comparison what the 2010 Auburn with uh, with Cam Newton is a really good one with one caveat Cam didn't have anybody. It was Cam Newton, and that oh, was it on that Auburn team. They had some players on their defense and a couple of NFL guys on offense. But uh, LSU has such incredible weapons. I mean, they're going to three or four of those wide receivers are going to be in the NFL and starting and catching balls like that for a long time. It was an, it was the best offense that I've seen. I mean, I've seen games where it, it's broken out, but you could see how hard that Clemson was working. And I felt like any time that there was a mismatch, any time you got a safety on one of the wide receivers, any time you didn't get the right person guarding the right wide receiver, Burrow was finding them nine times out of ten and then putting the ball in a place where a lot of times the defenders couldn't even do anything. I know a lot of folks said A.J. Terrell had a tough day. I've gone back and looked at some of those plays. It wouldn't have mattered what defensive back was guarding some of those guys the way that Burrow was putting the ball in there. So I thought that we would rattle Burrow a little bit more. He was absolutely unbelievable. Hats off to him. Um, you know, I was there in New Orleans and got to go down yeah, there. You saw it the, firsthand. So the what was it like the first firsthand? Um, firsthand, it was one of the best environments I've seen you know, at a football game in person, to be honest with you. I mean, I got in there about an hour and 15 minutes before kickoff. And a lot of the reason, because Donald Trump was there, the stadium was about 90% full that far in advance. So you've got the teams warming up. You know, they would mention uh, starters on the board and the, the fans would go crazy. And then one little group of five guys would run out for Clemson and you'd hear cheering and booing. So, I mean, it was electric. Like, I was walking through the tunnel to go out onto the field, and you could feel the electricity in the stadium already that early in advance. And it just carried on throughout the entire game. I thought the LSU crowd was great and really loud the entire time. Clemson Nation was very loud. I mean, they were, they were making a bunch of noise. They stayed really until Trevor Lawrence fumbled that football, even though I felt like the game was over when it got to 17. Agreed. You didn't see all the Clemson fans file out of there. You know, what was it, four and a half minutes left or whatever where he had that fumble? That, that's when everybody kind of started to leave. So I thought it was pretty cool that people stuck around that long uh, as well. And a bunch of fans stayed for the uh, alma mater. And, uh, you know, I got plenty of anecdotes we can break it down into. But, uh, yeah, I was surprised. I mean, I thought Clemson, you know, had great play calling at the beginning. I'm, I'm not criticizing the play calling. It's tough to see what was going on. But they kind of got away from ETN. I think they kept throwing the football in the second half with Lawrence because they were. I, I, I'm assuming they were just saying – 
Let's get him a couple completions, and then we'll, we'll see Trevor Lawrence, A-plus Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, let him get for so long. Let him but settle just, in. Yeah, and, and it just – I don't know if there's any explanations, but he had receivers. I mean, he had guys he could have hit in the second half, and he was the first to admit it in the postgame, right, that, uh, that he missed some of those guys. So disappointing, but – it's been a long time since we lost the game. So I had to go way back in the annals. Like, how did I feel the last time we lost? <laughs> and when you're comparing it to the last three or four times that Clemson had lost the game, you know, I felt like Clemson either had injuries or didn't play real well or had a bunch of turnovers. And, and there were things that I felt like I was frustrated by, right? Like, oh, man, we turned the ball over how many times against Alabama? That's why we got beat. We got beat by a better team. And I didn't feel bad about it after the game. I was like, you know what, man, LSU, it was their year. They were a buzzsaw. Hats off to them. So I wasn't bitter after the loss. I've seen some Clemson fans that are. And if you are, that's okay. We all grieve in our own ways. Yo, but that's right. I, I, felt, uh, I felt pretty good about the loss, if that makes any sense. I, I understand it, and I did too. I've I've been able to move on. Obviously, the uh, the win against Duke in basketball yeah, that helps, yes. right? <laughs> a lot, a lot. But I, I I do agree with you in terms of I don't know enough about college football or football. I'm not watching film. I'm not understanding mm-hmm. the game plan that these coaches have. So. When I say these things, it's not me trying to say I would have called a game a certain way. Yeah. But it was surprising that they didn't continue to run ETN, especially how we started the third quarter. Yes. It seemed that he really got his mojo going again. And I felt that if we have given him another opportunity to continue to run the ball a little bit, could that slow down the... LSU offense by keeping our offense on the field. Yeah. Just by eating up some clock. That's what I was hoping for as well. And then maybe also, does that allow Trevor to settle in a little bit? Because let ETN take some hits for a while. Let him Mm -hmm. worry about that and just make the right read on the RPOs and then get a quick hit. But also, LSU, they... I felt that they also forced Trevor into some of those bad throws. Uh, so it wasn't necessarily just Trevor having a bad game. It was because LSU of what they were doing and their their schematics and their game plan and then just the physicality. I mean, they were up in everybody's grill. Questionable calls that mm-hmm. maybe weren't or were not, weren't called, but that's not going to decide the game no. necessarily. You know how it feels and they, about And they that. went both ways. They went they both did. ways. That's right. But I, I just felt that uh, LSU did a really good job doing that, and I was hoping that ETN would have a more of an opportunity to really try to showcase what he's capable of doing because, again, started that third quarter, he seemed to be ready to go. Yeah. And uh, I think this is the one four or five years from now when we're looking back at the era and how do we feel about the years that we didn't win. I think this is the one we'll look back on and say, man, if we would have had full Trevor, right? And, and again, I'm not bashing on Trevor Lawrence. He's amazing. And he came out in the post game and said, I didn't play great. If we would have had playing great Trevor, I think that thing would have been 52-49. I mean, I think it would have gone down as one of the greatest college football games ever played because those two offenses were so good. That's the one I think we'll look Agreed. back on and just be like, because Trevor's going to win 14, 15 games next year. Yeah. He's going to look great doing it. That's going to be the one I think we look back on and say, And man. that's why I, I said early on, I'm okay with a shootout with LSU. Let's yep. go. Let's get in a shootout, <laughs> right? Because yep. in shootouts, you never know what can happen. It right. can come down. I'm, and I'm not saying that we would have won the game if we get in a shootout with them. Mm-hmm. But obviously, uh, anything can happen. And 
when you have the receivers that we do and Trevor, you've got to think that something could happen positively for us. But that's what was so surprising that our offense didn't get us into that position to get in a shootout where the defense, they made some stops when they had they to did. make some stops. They did. And obviously, they gave up you know, the big plays. And But again, give LSU credit. And that's what, talking about Joe Burrow, just sneaky mm-hmm. in terms of how he could just move out of the pocket it enough. It was yeah. annoying to watch. <laughs> well, of course, as a Clemson yeah. fan, it's like, we had him. How did we not tackle him right there? But yep. he's done that all season, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what was you know frustrating, that they would make a play, especially, you know, a third and 11 and get a big screen play that goes down the sideline, you know, right. those type of things. Or, you know, what would have happened if Nolan Turner makes that interception? I was about to bring that exactly, right? that exact play up. I mean, yeah. that's, that's a big one. What about, what if T. Higgins wouldn't have been called for a blindside block, mm-hmm. you know, all of a sudden now we're not maybe not having to settle for a field goal on that drive, yeah. you know. So there's a lot of things that just didn't go our way necessarily, and LSU did a great job and they capitalized on it, you yeah. know. And even the the out of bounds when Edwards was his hand clearly touched out of bounds and the refs didn't buzz down, which was very surprising. I mean, when you're when they're on the sideline like that, that's mm-hmm. automatic. You got to buzz down and say mm-hmm. we got to take a look at that. But what LSU do? Snap the ball fast because yes. they knew it was questionable, mm-hmm. and they and they went ahead and, and snapped the ball and took off. And so kudos to them for doing that. I was going to say the same thing, right? You look back at the Ohio State game, and there were, man, there might have been seven or eight big plays, but there were a number of big plays in the Ohio State game where they all went Clemson's way. And Dabo even said this in the press conference earlier in the week. He's like, these are two evenly matched teams. This is going to come down to three, four, five plays. And the three, four, five plays in the game, in this one, all went LSU's way, right? And I think about Alabama in the finals last year. You've got the pick six early in the ball game. Nolan, it was the exact, it was almost an identical play. Nolan Turner, if he grabs that for the pick six, it was third and 11 on that very next drive for LSU. They call the perfect, I felt like, they literally should have gone to Las Vegas and gone and bet all the money. There's a Harris Casino right down there in uh, Casino, right there in New Orleans. The offensive play caller should have just walked down there and bet on whatever. They'd have bet on roulette. They would have won. They called the perfect screen pass at the perfect time. They ended up going for almost 45 yards, kind of led to the touchdown. That took all the pressure back off of the game. Uh, all those plays went LSU's way. And if you're a great team and you're going to win one, that's what you got to have happen. So maybe uh, – Maybe Clemson lost all that mojo in uh, the semifinals, but uh, and man, that's sports a foot here, a foot there. Yeah, that made a huge difference. That's what happens. Yeah. And but you can't win a national championship unless you're playing for the national championship. It, you have to be in the game. So yes. we were in the game. Yeah, you're sounding like Dabo now. Right? You got to win the seventh one before you can win the eighth one. So we're going to win the seventh. See, Dabo's rubbing off on everybody. Yeah, he is. Right? He but really is. But in all reality, that is true. Mm-hmm. I mean, so to win two out of the last four national championships and for uh, the past 75 or 74 games to be 69 and five. Yeah. I mean, that's insane. It is. Nobody, no Clemson fan would have ever thought Clemson would be in that position right now. Mm-hmm. And just get ready because Clemson will be back. Yeah. I'm not sure LSU will be. I think this could be. Now, I'm not saying a lot a, of guys declare for pro yes, today, and I'm not saying flash in the pan necessarily. They'll st- obviously still be a really good team and will contend, but a, a lot of it just doesn't add up that mm-hmm. this is a foundation that's built right now. A- again, I'm not saying that they will not have a really good team and can win the SEC and all of that, yeah. but. To have the same type of success that Clemson has had, we'll see. I, I, I don't know. Yep. 
Um, in the next segment, I got some anecdotes and stuff that I'll share from the game and a couple of uh, other points that I wanted to bring up. But uh, some breaking news for the Clemson Tigers today. If you have not heard yet, T. Higgins did declare that he will enter the NFL draft and uh, forego his senior season. I feel like that's the right thing to, uh, for T. I've seen him and all the NFL mock drafts that come out. I'm kind of a nerd for those things. I've had a bunch of guys on my show uh, already in the last uh, two or three months talking about him. Uh, I see him as high as, you know, nine or ten in the draft and uh, as low as like number 30. But overall, first round grade. And if your first round grade is a wide receiver, I think he'll show out really well in the combine when they go and look at that. I think the history of great Clemson wide receivers to come through is going to help with him as well. So I fully expect T. Higgins to go pro and get drafted in the first round. Um, I'm guessing we'll hear the same from Isaiah Simmons very soon. Uh, we've seen, I've seen Isaiah Simmons as high as like number four in yeah, our right. mock drafts now. And uh, he's so much fun to watch, man. I wish you'd come back for one more year, Isaiah, if you're listening. Come on, man, we'll have you. But uh, I think that he'll go pro as well. Um, so really, we're down to A.J. Terrell, which I haven't heard a whole lot about, and I haven't seen him in a lot of the first rounds of the mock drafts. So we'll keep our eye on that. And then it's going to be interesting to me on Travis Etienne. This is yeah. a loaded— I've got some thoughts on that, too. —loaded running back class. What's going to end up happening on that? Um He hasn't really spoken out a lot about it. He hasn't said, I'm thinking about leaving. I'm thinking about staying. It's just he's kind of pushed everything off. But if you look at the running back class, right, with Jonathan Taylor, uh, DeAndre Swift, there's a number of other big names coming out. J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins. And I'm not seeing a lot of running backs in the first round of the draft. So I think T or uh, Travis Etienne could end up being a second-round pick. Could he come back? be the top running back in college football next year, which I think there'd be a very good chance of him being, and then maybe move up into the top 15 or 20. That could end up being a couple million dollars difference for him. From what I've seen, his grade right now is at least the second day. It would not be first day. Interesting. Yeah. So or second round, second I should round. say. Okay, second round. Yeah, excuse wow. me. Not, okay. not second day. Second yeah. round. Yeah. So I think from that perspective, um, it, it, but I did hear, which was interesting, and I don't know if anybody else caught it, because I'd love to know, mm-hmm. listening to the pregame radio, um, Ian Fitzsimmons mm-hmm. was talking about ETN and made the comment, well, he's already declared to go pro, so this will be his last game. And I questioned, I was like, I have not seen anything no, he about said after ETN. The game that yeah, he had so not I don't know yet. where he was getting that information because mm-hmm. uh, he made it seem like he had talked to ETN and was basically saying he's declared. But I have not heard yeah. anything. I, I, I thought... That was odd for him to say that. So if anybody knows any information, let us know. You should have been listening to me on the Tiger Tailgate show in the pregame instead of some Ian Fitzsimmons guy. I'm just saying. Oh, you're already over. Okay, I was yeah, already so, over. Okay, yeah, then, see, then yeah, yeah, we, it you were done. Of course I listened okay, to you. Okay, I know. You know, I'm giving you a hard time. I'll, uh, I'll allow it. Hey, folks, uh, I do want to give a shout-out to our sponsor, uh, Rivers Whitmire. Of course, he's a realtor with uh, J.W. Martin Real Estate. He focuses on Lake Hartwell and Lake Kiowee, but if you want to buy a home, sell a home anywhere in the upstate of South Carolina, Rivers can help you. I know he sold homes up in uh, the Simpsonville, Five Forks community, all over the upstate. Uh, He's had success in uh, helping folks buy homes and also sell homes. If you've got any questions about the market, when's the right time to list, how do I get my home prepared, things like that, you definitely want to reach out to Rivers Whitmire as well. Give him a call, 864-752-5545. Follow him on Facebook at Rivers Whitmire-Realtor. Again, Rivers Whitmire, 864-752-5545. 
All right, coming up in the next segment, again, some anecdotes from my time in New Orleans that I think you guys will enjoy, and a, uh, a couple of things about Clemson football that I want to dive into a little bit more uh, deeply. And also, we're going to talk some Clemson basketball, man. Two of the best wins in the Brad Brownell era in the last four days. Plenty to talk about there as well. Richmond Weaver here with me. This is the Mark Childress Show. I'm Glenn Reese with Krispy Kreme Donut Company in Anderson and Spartanburg. We're open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Drop by for a delicious donut and a cup of coffee. Pick up a box for your business or church meeting. Share them with family and friends during a time of need. Call Spartanburg and Anderson Krispy Kreme. I'm a donut nut, I'm a donut nut, I'm a nut for Krispy Kreme. When it's time to replace your roof, there are so many things to consider, from the type of roof you have to the many types and styles of shingles. Gillstrap Roofing understands how each part of our roofing system works together to give you a beautiful and watertight barrier. Don't trust the one thing that really protects your home to just anyone. Gillstrap Roofing has been covering the upstate for four generations. Proven, experienced roofers for your home or business. Gillstrap Roofing, 2-6-9-12-32. Anderson County is a great place to live and work, play, and worship. Samantha Porter, the Anderson County environmental educator, reminds all residents to recycle used motor and cooking oil at Anderson County Convenience Centers. You can also bring your used oil and gas mixtures to the King David, Mance Jolly, and Whitefield sites. Tires may be recycled at the Materials Recovery Facility in Belton. If you have any questions, please call 260-1001 in regard to recycling and proper waste disposal. Amici, pizza, wings, and friends. So why not leave the house tonight and come home? Visit us online to find your neighborhood Amici. Amici, come in, grab a bite, relax. Public transportation is one of the smartest things you can do to lower your carbon footprint, adopt a saner lifestyle, and save money in the process. It reduces the number of vehicles on the roads and, as a result, improves air quality, alleviates traffic jams, and noise. CatBus can help you save money, save energy, and save the planet. Serving Clemson, Seneca, Central, and Pendleton. Find out more about CatBus at CatBus.com and download the free CatBus app. Save money, save energy, save the planet. CatBus. If you love hunting and fishing, you'll be loving every day. Rolling on a set of the new Yokohama Geolander MTG003 from the Pendleton Tire Company. Its aggressive sidewall has the look you want and the tread design to get you to the woods and back out. So give Zach or Joey a call today and get rolling on the Yokohama Geolander MTG003 today. Call them at 646-3694 and check them out at PendletonTire.com. Granger Nissan of Anderson is not only the home with a lifetime warranty, but the winner of the 2017 and 2018 Nissan Award of Excellence. Granger Nissan is here to serve the upstate with excellent service and competitive pricing with the largest selection of Nissans in the upstate. Granger Nissan is sure to have what you need in stock and ready to drive off the lot today. Granger Nissan of Anderson at 3510 Clemson Boulevard, only 25 miles from Greenville, and always online at GrangerNissanOfAnderson.com. The healthy 
Healthcare has been reversing the symptoms of type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure, cholesterol, sleep apnea, and obesity for years. The Healthcare has just released a new program that will blow your mind. Their health coaches will clean out your pantry, grocery shop for you, cook for you, and teach you everything they know so you can't fail. Don't wait. Book your consultation today. Call 1-877-IDARE-ME or go to idareme.com. And for the month of January, the second person is free because of the Healthcare. We won't let you do anything alone. That's idareme.com. Get a Bojangles two-piece bone-in dinner or a chicken supreme snack for just $3.99. Because if you're going to take out two birds with one stone, they ought to be delicious. It's bow time. The flagship station for Clemson football, 105.5 The Roar. And now, back to the Mark Childress Show on WCCP, 105.5 The Roar. Mark Childress Show, a shortened version of the show tonight. We started off at 8. We will be done at 9 this evening. Uh, we gave way to Brad Brownell and Tiger Calls, and uh, I think he earned it, don't you, man, with wins over uh, North Carolina and Duke, so uh, so happy to do that. Hey, if you're listening in your car, on the app, in an internet browser, go on over to the Facebook page for The Roar. Uh, we simulcast the show every week in the Pronk Studios in Greenville, South Carolina, so uh, we're hanging out here. You can watch us on the video side instead of just listening if you prefer. All right, so uh, we've been talking a little bit about the national title game. I was lucky enough to be able to get to go down there and do uh, the Tiger Tailgate show pregame. Um, I don't know if I was lucky enough to do the postgame fifth quarter show. That's a, a tough uh, tough nut to crack after a loss, especially uh, like that. But Qualk and I had a great time, and I also got to sit in the booth in the Superdome, overlook the entire field, and do the show. So that's pretty cool. That'd be impressive. Uh, yeah, no, no, that's a pretty neat uh, little thing to do. But uh, there were two really cool things that, uh, that kind of happened after the game that I liked. Well, actually, three. Um, number one, very late in the show, and in fact, we had just run Dabo's post-game interview, which I thought was great, right, where he kind of put everything into perspective. I was talking about class. It was, very classy, and then he kind of turned the page at the very end of it and, and started. You could feel that competitive you know, edge, that dander getting up and basically saying, like, hey, man, we're going to be back. We're, we're coming back. I'm ready to get started on next season. But as that interview was playing, just coincidentally, Clemson had to walk literally from one end of the stadium to the other to get to the buses, right? And you could do that behind, which is where most of the players went. But by the time an hour and 15 minutes or something, almost an hour and a half after the game, there was nobody left in the stadium. It was, it was completely empty. There might have been 50 people on the field. And Dabo and a couple of cops literally walked all the way across the field. So you could see Dabo, even though we were real high up. Walking, and there were a couple of LSU players down at the very end. Dabo stopped before he kind of disappeared, you know, to go under for the bus. Talked to those guys for a minute and gave them hugs. And I'm like, that's Dabo Sweeney right there. That is. There's nobody watching except for me. <laughs> and there's no one in the stadium paying attention. And he still took the time. And, and I'm, sure it was, I'm sure it was congratulations. And you guys played great. And best of luck to you. I just thought that was really neat. And then about 15 minutes later. He probably recruited those guys. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. And about 15 minutes later, uh, Ed Orgeron uh, did the same thing. And he made the walk. And, and I heard later he was stopped by a couple of people to talk to them. And I later heard that it was some... Um, uh, 
press coverage from France, and evidently he speaks French. Yes. So they were evidently having a conversation in French all the way down on the field. But he was walking with his wife, and and almost everyone came up and talked to uh, to Ed walking across, which is pretty cool. And then uh, as the night finished, uh, I think we there weren't. I, there were about 50 media people left, probably, but there weren't 15 people left in, in the stadium at that point. So I got one last peek at the field. Marty Smith was down there. I, I got to see a lot of the the names you wouldn't normally get to spend any time about and just speak to them really briefly and get to see some people at, what, you know, 2.35 a.m. Eastern time or whatever <laughs> no, after the game. But I thought the Davo anecdote was really cool, and that's something that really no other Clemson fans got to see but me, and I thought that was neat. Oh, it's impressive. I like, I, And that's the type of stuff I like to hear Yes, is the stuff that nobody really gets to see. You mm-hmm. don't no, and again, because it's not about the cameras, it's not about uh, the publicity or anything. It's just being humans, yes. and that's just being Dabo, you know. And you get to see, you know, those type of sides uh, because I think a lot of times, especially you know, what I've been able to gain from my experience hosting Rich Take on Sports podcast, having these athletes, coaches, all these TV personalities share their stories that you think you know their story. Mm-hmm. They're just just like us. I mean, they go through the same ups and downs and, yep. you know, and that's why I love being able to hear stories like that to just kind of validate or, you know, what you think of somebody, or maybe you're actually able to get a different viewpoint and say, well, you know what? I didn't realize about that person, you know, like Coach O. Yeah. For him to be speaking French, mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't know that. I mean, yeah. I think that's so cool. And yeah. I, I love the story of Ed Orgeron, what he's been able to do. Incredible. Obviously, not at the expense of Clemson, you know, losing the game. But mm-hmm. I love that type of story because I will go ahead and tell you, I'm a big fan of underdogs and people being able to prove other people wrong uh, because I felt that's how my life has been to a certain degree that if somebody tells me I can't do something, all right, well, I'm going to show you. And I think that's what Coach O has been able to do. And I was one of those people that were wrong. Yes. I was the one calling LSU administration out. Like, mm-hmm. what are you doing hiring? <laughs> this guy Hot take Richmond. Right? <laughs> yes yeah. exactly and th- I mean this was absurd to hire this guy to trust this guy to lead your program based on his history etc and all of that yep. uh, and so I love the story of him being able to do that uh, on the biggest stage obviously in a magical season for LSU and especially just for I mean, LSU, it, it's, it seems like they're not even from there. I mean, you're of there or mm-hmm. whatever. I mean, it's, I mean, LSU, Louisiana, I mean, it is, you talking about a community. Not that Clemson doesn't have that as well. I think right. we, we do, but just it, it's crazy the type of camaraderie that they have. It's interesting, and I, I don't think the fan bases could be any different. I, I, and I don't think the personalities on the teams could be any different. And just, you know, the postgame celebrations and the way that things are handled. Oh, I'm agreed not being, with that. I'm not being negative, but I was kind of struck by how almost polar opposite Clemson and LSU were, just in the way they conduct their business and handle things. Uh, and, and again, you mean... Odell Beckham on yeah, the Odell Beckham sidelines handing, handing out, out cash. Handing out cash. They were smoking cigars in the locker room after the game, which, again, if you want to do it, you can do it. Now, I can't see Clemson doing it, no, but it's so interesting. Is, is that a shot to Alabama? Because Alabama smokes the cigars after Tennessee games I don't if they know. win. I think I – think it wouldn't surprise me if it was a shot. Yeah, right? I think it. I, I think there has to be some type yep. of 
subtle uh, yes, underpinning and things like that. Alabama. And, uh, yeah, I just thought that was interesting. So again, not being negative, not being sour grapes. I just thought that they were uh, very different. That was the other thing that uh, that struck me. And uh, again, Travis Etienne, we talked about this a little bit in the last segment, Richmond, and I know you've been doing some digging and things like that, but is Travis going to go pro? My guess is, I think we have to know by early next week, right? No, by Friday. Oh, it's by Friday. 17th, Okay, yes. so we're going to hear from uh, Travis here in the next 48 hours or so. I've kind of been leaning towards him not going, right? There's a number of other big running backs we talked about before with Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, a couple of others. There always seems to be both a running back and a wide receiver that you have no idea that show out at the combine, oh, right? Of course. They run the 4-3-1 or you know, bench press it a ton of times and go shooting up the boards. Will Travis want to come back where I think that he would immediately be looked at as either the number one or number two back in the country. you got Chuba Hubbard coming back, um, and then him as well. Would that be uh, different? So is he going to come back or not? You've been doing some digging on the numbers. Yeah, well, just based on, say he's the fourth or fifth best running back out of this class yes. right now. Mm-hmm. And people and you argue, could argue that. He may end up being number one, but again... Could could be yes. just for argument's sake, just in terms of what it could look like money wise. Mm-hmm. So back in 2015, Todd Gurley number one. So his rookie contract, thirteen, almost fourteen million dollars. Yep. The guy that was fifth, his rookie contract was three point eight million dollars. Okay. So that's a big difference. And that was before the new collective bargaining agreement came out. And so then the new collective bargaining agreement comes out. So now you look at somebody like a Saquon Barkley in two thousand and eighteen. $31 million. Now, granted, he was in the top 10. Yes. So take that into consideration like three, as well. Mm-hmm. But the fourth best running back out of that class, uh, Ronald Jones III, $7 million. Mm-hmm. So that's a big difference where ETN next year, I would suspect he'd be the number one running back in the country. chance. Right? Yes. I mm-hmm. mean, he, he would have that opportunity just based on the numbers uh, in terms of number of actual players. I'm not saying statistical right. numbers. I'm just saying the number of running backs available. And also, you have to look at it, too. Running backs don't have the same type of, you know, the. It, it, they're not. It's not a what, running back league anymore. It's not. It's, it's a passing yes. league. Yes. I, 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 I'm drawing a blank on the one word that I want to say. Yeah. I, I mean, I can't uh, think of it right now, but you said it. It's not a running back league. It's a quarterback league, mm-hmm. even more so than ever before. And so the value of running backs is decreasing anyway. So if you're fourth or fifth, your value is going to be down there pretty low relative to if you're the number one running back. Yes. Because that could put you higher up in that first round. And you could be looking at a difference of $20 million based on this year versus next year, potentially. Mm-hmm. So I, I think there would be a good opportunity for him to come back. I wouldn't fault him at all, though, if he decides no. to go. Regardless, even if he says the grade comes out and it's a second-round grade, if he, I, hey, what he's done for Clemson is absolutely amazing. And I would never say that, oh, gosh, he's given up on the team you know, by going pro. Not at all. Wow. All-time touchdown leader, all-time rushing touchdown leader, all-time rushing yards leader. He did. That kind of got lost in the shuffle of the game a little bit, but he became Clemson's all-time rushing leader. First one over 4,000 yards. The list goes on and on. Selfishly, I'd love to see Travis come back for one last ride. But I respect him totally if he goes. He would put the record books 
unattainable. Yes. There would be no way anybody would ever get to those records again because Agreed. the game has changed uh, as much. Because just think if he actually did get as many carries as the running backs 20 years ago did. Yes, it would be scary. <laughs> it would be scary, right? <laughs> so That's awesome. So uh, we'll keep our eye on Travis again, A.J. Terrell. I haven't heard as much uh, buzz about him and, and what he might be doing, but we're going to be finding out about all this. And again, if you just tuned in, you haven't seen it on social media yet today, T. Higgins did declare to forego his senior season and enter the NFL draft. Kind of not a surprise there. Haven't heard officially from Isaiah Simmons yet, unless it's broken in the last uh, 15 minutes or so, which I doubt it has this late in the day. Fully expecting him to go pro next year. It's going to be interesting to watch. Also, Clemson, uh, odds on favorite to win the national championship next year. It's Clemson at uh, like 2-1 to one odds, uh, Ohio State at 4-1, to one, and it's a drop-off after that. You've got the typical Oklahoma, Alabama, Georgia. It's LSU's the usual suspects. down the list. Yeah, it is. It's the usual suspects. So I, 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 it's great now that Clemson is in that conversation because yes. 15 years ago, 20 years ago, Clemson was not – Clemson was in a conversation from a national perspective, you know, in top 25, but not in the top four each year yeah. as far as being discussed that would have a shot at the national championship. And that's what's amazing that Clemson is on this run. Yep. It was good. And then uh, the last anecdote for me is is I got a chance, and I wish you'd have been there with me, but you name a media person, and I got to either meet them or talk to them or, or see them, you know, all the way up to the top dogs, uh, you know, at ESPN and things like that. They had a great media hotel with a, a nice breakout area with food and, and drinks and all that kind of stuff where a lot of people were. So I got to talk to Mark Packer, Barrett Salee, West Durham. I mean, you can just go right down the list. Oh, those are um, several Rich Take on Sports podcasts yeah, alumni. Yeah, <laughs> That's the only reason I got to go and uh, go and talk to him. And uh, things like that. Ivan Mizell was there. I got to speak to him. I know uh, you've had him on as well. So a bunch of guys that I've been able to have as guests on my show a lot over the last year or two that I either never see or, to be honest with you, a lot Maybe of them, never met. I had never even met them before. Mm-hmm. I had just reached out to them, and through the goodness of their own heart, they came on board. And uh, almost to a person, there was one guy who wasn't nice, but the rest of and I'm not naming him, <laughs> but uh, the rest of them were, uh, were very nice and accommodating and loved to come back on any time and things like that. So for me, kind of some in, inside baseball stuff for you and I, but it was really neat to be able to see a lot of these guys working their craft up close. Oh, and, I love uh, it. And uh, stuff like that. And uh, all of them were so kind to take time with uh, everything going on and hang out with me a little bit. As well, and it's interesting and, too, uh, because them. It, well, to your point, uh, I've heard it directly from some of them and read uh, stories from others as well that, they were doing the same thing. Somebody gave them a break. Yes. Somebody, you mm-hmm. know, allowed them, you know, to pick their brain or whatever it is. And so that's why I love that it's, it seems to be that it's a community of giving back. Yes. Like everybody has been in that grind because it doesn't just happen overnight. I mean, you don't see these unless you're just some... Unless you're like a Tony yeah. Romo, right? Unless <laughs> you're a Richmond Weaver. You're not riding the rocket ship yeah, to the no. top. But it, it's just interesting, and I love that they're willing to give back yeah. you know, or help, whatever it is. Yeah, I thought that was really neat. And then I got to meet Gary, Gary V. Oh, Gary I know. You're Chuck. If you don't know who he you is, and I you can go on Instagram. He's, a, he's an instant motivator guy. 
and a guy that I've loved for a really long time and um, actually took a picture with him, which is kind of rare for me. But Gary did offer. You know, I usually just, I'll go up and shake hands. Same with and me. Say, I, and I say rarely hi. take pictures. And if yeah. they want to engage in conversation, I'll let them engage me. If not, I'll step away. But with Gary, I was I just went up and talked to him and we talked for a few minutes and then he's like, hey man, I want a picture? I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll take one. Well, uh, I harassed him as well last year about being on the podcast, so I'm still trying. Yeah, you'll have yeah. to uh, you'll have to get there and we'll figure it out. So great stuff all around, man. All right, coming up in the final segment of the show, we got to talk some Clemson basketball. So yes, Richmond's we do. Uh, a former basketball coach. Richmond is a season ticket holder for the men's basketball team. I am a season ticket holder for the men's basketball team. We're going to talk about Clemson basketball and touch on the NFL a little bit. Richmond Weaver here with me. This is the Mark Childress Show. I'm on the lawn. It's almost three. I look around. I look at her. She looks at me. She's suspicious. She's suspicious. I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out. Have you searched all over for your family's vehicle and can't find it on the lot? With the largest selection of Nissans in the upstate, Granger Nissan of Anderson is sure to have what you need in stock and ready to drive off the lot today. Proudly serving the upstate, Granger Nissan of Anderson is a proud partner of the Clemson Tigers and home with a lifetime powertrain warranty on all new vehicles. Conveniently located at 3510 Clemson Boulevard in Anderson and only 25 miles from Greenville and online at GrangerNissanofAnderson.com. It happens every time. When a hailstorm hits, there's an increase of people who want to take your money for roof repairs. Problem is, many of them are just trying to take advantage of you and don't really know what they're doing. Gillstrap Roofing has been around for decades. Trust Gillstrap Roofing to handle the repairs and deal with the insurance. Just because someone knocks on your door with a card that says they're a roofer doesn't mean they'll do quality work at a reasonable price. Call Gillstrap Roofing, 269-1232. You don't have to wait for spring to start celebrating warmer weather. The Upstate South Carolina Boat Show is back, and we have everything you need for living it up on the water. So whether you're looking for speed, fish, or a weekend cruiser, you'll find the best selection of this year's newest boat models, as well as the latest gear and accessories for the whole family. Join us at the Upstate South Carolina Boat Show, January 23rd through the 26th at the Greenville Convention Center. Go to upstatescboatshow.com for more. This year's resolution will work because you won't be alone. The Health Dare is here to help you succeed. No more gym workouts, starvation diets, or drops under the tongue. Just real, sustainable results. We guarantee you'll reverse the symptoms of type 2 diabetes, sleep apnea, high blood pressure, lose weight, and gain energy the easy way. And for the month of January, the second person is free. Because at the Health Dare, we don't want you to do anything alone. Rogers offers metformin, CPAP machine, and blood pressure meds. And you can be too. Go to idareme.com or call 1-877-IDARE-ME. I dare you. The time has come for you to get your new South Carolina driver's license or ID. Visit scdmvonline.com to learn more about Real ID and what you need to buy your new license today. You may even be eligible to buy your new Real ID online and avoid an SCDMV branch altogether. Gather all required documents now and buy your Real ID with Gold Star at any SCDMV office in the state. Make sure your ID will get you on an airplane or into a federal building before it's too late. Visit scdmvonline.com and make the switch today. Hi, this is Gary, the mortgage expert. Did you know my FHA 30-year mortgage is 2.99%? Here at Rate Saver Mortgage, we have rates that destroy the big banks. If you're buying a home or refinancing, call 979-1111, 979-1111. 
or go to GaryTheMortgageExpert.com. APR equals 4.49% based on $250,000 loan and 680 score. Subject to approval. Rate subject to change. Gary's NMLS number is 107-429. Rate separate mortgage MLS 184-7969. Equal housing lender. Here at the Surgery Center at Pelham, we have always strived to provide our patients with a better medical experience. Our team of physicians revolutionized the total hip and total knee replacement surgery by allowing you to have the surgery in the morning and sleep in your bed that same night. Now we've changed the game again with our new transparent pricing system. In an effort to provide patients with a streamlined, transparent pricing process, you can now see what your procedure will cost down to the dollar without even having to come in and visit us. Just go to surgerycenteratpelham.com and you'll see our cost estimator tool right there on the homepage. All you have to do is choose which procedure you're planning on having and enter your insurance information. We'll give you the exact cost, no hidden fees, just an honest, straightforward, and transparent price, all a few clicks away. It's just one more way we're looking to improve our patient's experience. To find out if you're a qualified candidate or to get your price estimate, visit surgerycenteratpelham.com today. And now back to the Mark Childress Show on WCCP 105.5 The Roar. Everybody else don't have to know. So keep your love locked down. Your love locked down. Keeping your love locked down. Your love locked down. I keep your love locked down. Your love locked down. Welcome back in, everybody. Final segment of the Mark Childress Show. Thanks for hanging out. Mark Childress here with Richmond Weaver. If you're listening in your car on the app in an internet browser, jump on over to Facebook. A bunch of people watching the show. We simulcast it on uh, on the Facebook page and uh, we shoot the show in the Bronx Studios in Greenville, South Carolina. So come hang out with us over there and ask some questions. I did uh, see a question earlier. It scrolled off because we've had so many comments this evening. I think it was from Lindsey Bell. Do we feel like Clemson will be better next year in football than this year? What say you, Richmond? Now, let me make sure I... So will Clemson's football team be better in the 2020 season than they were in the 2019 season? Really good question. Um, So I'll answer first. If Travis Etienne comes back, I think that they have a chance to be better. Uh, They're adding a lot of uh, guys on the defensive line with uh, Brissy and a couple of others that are going to play day one. And it's going to help the defensive line, which was good this year, but it's going to bulk out a little bit. And I think the offense is going to be clicking next year. But here's the question, though. Mm -hmm. What's the definition of better? You mean winning a national championship? I guess you'd have to be. That's, <laughs> that's, the, only way, that's the only way to be better. 15-0. and 0, Right. It's the only way to be better and win the title. And that's, and that's a struggle for me to answer that question because mm-hmm. it would have to be you've got to win a national championship. And, again, yeah. that's, that's going to be very difficult because I do feel that Clemson's not going to get any type of breaks. And I'm not trying to be you know the old uh, curmudgeon here that, oh, they don't want us in or anything like that. But I do think that the narrative is still centered around that Clemson has weak competition in the ACC. So yeah. are they going to give Clemson a break if they lose one game? I don't know if I think I'm hoping, you know, it all, obviously uh, it all depends on what other teams go through. And I think having Notre Dame on the schedule at Notre Dame next year, and I think it's in early, it's in November 7th, it's sometime yes. early in November. 
you want to be a Notre Dame fan next year. I know it's going to be hard. I'm not a Notre Dame fan, but I'll be pulling for them too. Well, you they're want going, them to be good, right? They're going to probably start in the top ten, and if they can win a bunch of games and be, you know, two top five teams playing in that game, and Clemson were to win it, I think a lot of that stuff will go away. And then Michael John Kerry asking this. We talked about uh, a little bit about this in segment one, uh, Michael. But why did Clemson quit on their power running game in the third and fourth quarters against LSU? Don't really have a good answer for that. I know that LSU was scheming the whole night to stop the run and try to make uh, Trevor beat them. I kind of speculated that they really went heavy on passing to, you know, just try to get Trevor into a groove because we hadn't really seen him struggling that much all year. I don't think we'll ever know a great answer uh, to that question, but that was kind of what our speculation was. Yeah, well, and it just seemed so odd. I mean, it was they didn't have a design run for ETN after the 10 minute mark or whatever, 11 yeah, minute mark. Yeah, it was 1039 or something yeah, like that left in, in the, the third quarter. I mean, mm-hmm. that's. That's just crazy. And Trevor only had four completions, I think, after that as well. Yeah. I mean, it just it just and, and obviously he just went cold at the wrong time. He did. He did. He went cold at the wrong time. And just the offense, uh, one for eleven on third down conversions. Yeah. I mean, and, and I, I saw another statistic that on third downs last year against Alabama, Trevor Lawrence threw for two hundred and forty yards. On third down against LSU, he threw for eleven. Wow. Yeah, they had, Clemson only had 106 yards of total offense in the second half. Yeah, I mean, that's so, it's one of those things. It, it is. Just one of those things. So not a great answer. Maybe not the answer you're looking for, Michael, but uh, that's kind of what we were thinking on it. All right, let's talk some Clemson basketball. Obviously, there we go. Lee, ending the 0 for 59 streak, um, while a lot of fans were down in New Orleans, it was really weird because I was down in New Orleans with the media. There was hardly any media that was actually up in Chapel Hill that's because right, they were all down in New Orleans. And again... If you had to pick, you're like, I don't want to go up to Chapel Hill again. I mean, we're 0-59. So if the game happened and there was no media there, that's what they were all saying. You know, did it really happen? So I thought that was an interesting kind of subplot on it. But, man, to beat North Carolina, who isn't great this year, but I don't care. Doesn't matter. And to beat them in a way that I feel like North Carolina always beats teams, which is you start pressing late and you you really try to turn up the pressure. And They've done that to Clemson before. I've seen it happen. North Carolina come back from 10 down with two minutes left. That's exactly what Clemson did to win it. So I feel like the way they won it made it even more special. And I'm telling you, I think that's why there was the carryover effect in terms of how they played against Duke yes. was because how they finished that game. Because, again, in all reality, historically, that's not a game Clemson wins. They don't make a comeback like that with no. two minutes to go down by 10. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't happen. Yep. And I'm hoping that could that be that one thing that gets you over the hump, right? And now, are the guys now gelling together a little bit more? They yep. seem more confident. I mean, obviously, for the past three games, they've been able to shoot the ball a little bit better. Uh, you know, even the NC State game before the North Carolina game. Mm-hmm. But it just seems that it looked a little bit different. Now, you were there last night, so I didn't get yes. to go to the game. I was, yep. uh, my son had a ba- uh, high school basketball game, so I was at. But from what I could tell, it just seemed that, again, they seemed to be working as a cohesive unit and really being able to not settle in the offense in terms of just a three-point shot. I mean, they were actually getting a lot of layups, dunks, mm-hmm. you yep. know, backdoor cuts, whatever. Very similar to what we saw in overtime against North Carolina. So yeah. there's something to it. I, 
they're more aggressive on uh, that's the most aggressive I think that I've seen Clemson on offense in a game this season and it's hard to really remember the last time that I saw it that way that's what sticks out the most to me obviously you've got Tevin Mack who can score the ball Amir Sims is playing like a, a first team all ACC player right now yes he is and he started really slow at the beginning of the season we're starting to see that I'm hearing from some people that have been around the program a lot that this is kind of what Clemson started doing in Italy this this summer right they just started gelling they started mm-hmm. believing they started feeding off one another and just finding ways to win games I mean Clemson's not going to win a lot of pretty games but they can win some ball games and the thing that stuck out to me last night there were two things that were the most important number one John Newman is an instant energy guy. <laughs> exactly. The dunk he had last night was yes. amazing. He might have taken an ill-advised three late in the game that he made. Yes. But uh, I really like his energy. He's a scrapper defensively. He's always going to the basket. I think that's kind of a guy that people are missing on right now, and I really like the way that Newman played. And he played like that the first two, th- two or three games of the season as well, kind of lost his way a little bit, and he's back. But Duke came back and tied that game. I want to say it was like 56-56 or something. It was like seven, eight minutes left in the game. And they even got a one-point lead in there, and that was the moment, right? I'm yeah, like, how many Clemson go. games That's have right. we seen yes. in the last decade where Clemson plays great and they get to about that uh, second-to-last TV timeout and they just can't find a way when the other team starts lifting their game? Clemson turned right around, went on another run, and they never lost it after that. That yeah, was led by Amir Sims. I mean, went on yes. a 14-2 run. Yeah, it, and, that, and, that and that was, was it. It was absolutely incredible. And so it's not just the way that they won the games. It's the fact that they won them both late. They were the better team than North Carolina and the better team than Duke in the last eight minutes of those two games. Well, maybe last three minutes of the North Carolina game. The last eight minutes against a Duke team. And let me tell you, Coach K was up. He was pushing his guys. I mean, they wanted that win. I mean, this wasn't like, uh, whatever, man. We're taking the night off. They were pushing hard for that win, and Clemson took it from them. It's just fantastic. I'm very excited for that. Yeah, obviously Clemson was able to capitalize on uh, a lot of things that Duke didn't do well. 10 of 20 from the free throw line for Duke. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that doesn't uh, bode well if you're a Blue Devil fan. But, yep. again, Clemson was able to capitalize when they had to. And I was there in 1990, when the last time that we've beaten North Carolina and Duke back-to-back oh, on the I team didn't realize there. that. Nice. Yes. So uh, I remember that. I mean, that was a magical season you mm-hmm. know, for us as well, re- winning the regular season ACC title. So what they were able to accomplish, I mean, it's – it's, it's hard to do to yes. beat North Carolina and Duke back-to-back because obviously also the schedule doesn't always play out that way. Yep. And I just think it's interesting. This is the first time in Clemson history that they're going to play five straight games, all teams from the state of North Carolina. That's right. And they're 3-0 and to start. Yes. So NC State on the road, then Wake Forest at home next Tuesday. Those are the next two for Clemson. And then have to go on the road against Louisville and then back home against Syracuse. Mm-hmm. Louisville, obviously, on the road is going to be very tough. Oh, yeah. But if you could come away in the month of January sitting at 7-1 and one, mm-hmm. or 6-1, and one, whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, that's an impressive January for Brad Burnell. Yeah, absolutely. Clemson basketball undefeated in uh, 2020. Clemson football hadn't won a game yet. I know, in it's this decade, right? Yeah, yeah. In this, yeah hey, that's right. Not just this year, this decade. This decade. You're right. I've been saying it all along. Come on, man. We're a basketball school, Come right? <laughs> At least for a couple of days we are. And again, hats off to Brad Brownell. And again, you and I, we're, we're fangirling a little bit here, as we should. It's well-deserved. We're both big uh, supporters of the program and, uh, and big fans. And I'm getting some texts. Evidently, South Carolina 
just took Kentucky down uh, with a shot at That's the another buzzer. Another big win. Another for top them. ten win for them. And and you and I were talking a little bit at the break. I mean, it is it is chaos in college basketball this year. Yes. Feels like one of this one of those years where like a seven seed is going to end up winning the tournament. I don't think there are any great teams. I think there's a handful of really good teams. Uh, it's going to be exciting, and I'm kind of starting to shift. You know, into college basketball mode. It's hard to with uh, all the great football going. I said that on Saturday, mm-hmm. uh, this past Saturday. I was like, "All right, I finally and dialed in." And I'm a basketball guy. Yeah, you are right. You're and junkie. so mm-hmm. yeah, and I was like, "All right, I'm finally dialed back in." And this was before the uh, North Carolina game. Yeah, I was like, "All right, I, I'm in" because I started watching. Um, Throughout the day. Yep. Real quick, uh, a couple of big NFL games this weekend. And uh, keep your eye on uh, Roar's social media. We might be doing something special for yeah. uh, for one of those ball games. But you got Chiefs-Titans, uh, which is the first game. Uh, the Chiefs, I think everybody expected to be in the AFC Championship game. Titans might be playing better with Derrick Henry right now than any team out there. Uh, real quick, who you got in that one? I, the real question is, would you ever try to tackle Derrick no. Henry? <laughs> I mean, you're getting all these anecdotes and all these stories this week. It was uh, Tyron Matthews. You know, the honey badger. He said he tried to tackle him earlier this season, and he thought he broke his jaw, and he couldn't see straight for like two minutes. <laughs> that guy's a truck. Everybody's saying he's the biggest running back they've ever seen. Yes. He's playing great right now. And that's why I still don't understand how Clemson ever tackled him yes. in the 2015 uh, National Championship. Yeah. It's, it's hard for me not to go with the Chiefs because it's a quarterback league and Patrick Mahomes yes. is at playing on a different level. Again, what they were able to do, a 51-7 to run mm-hmm. against the Texans, I mean, that's just insane, yes. right? Yeah. You know, I was so disappointed, obviously. I wanted yeah, the Texans to make course. it through. But so uh, I've, I've got to go with the Chiefs there. Yep. And then uh, the other one is going to be Packers uh, going all the way out to the West Coast to take on the 49ers. So... Do you default to the quarterback position there as well and say Aaron Rodgers is going to lead his team to the Super Bowl? Or uh, are the are the upstart 49ers going to do it? Who have you got in that one? Well, the 49ers blasted the Packers last time they played. Yes, they did. And just put so much pressure on Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. And it does seem Aaron Rodgers is playing a little bit different. He's, he's not the same Aaron Rodgers, obviously, I mean, yeah. uh, than a few years ago. But I, it's hard for me now to go against Aaron Rodgers. Yes. Uh, it, it really is. I, I think I'm going to go with the 49ers because it's at home. Mm-hmm. But I think this is going to be a close game. It's, going, it's not going to resemble anything what it was, whatever, the 31-7 to thrashing that they got. Yep. Uh, I, I think it'll be a close game. But I think the 49ers will take it. I'm thinking 49ers Chiefs is where it sounds like. But it's hard for, you know, I'll probably be rooting for the Titans. Uh, I just think it's a really cool story. And uh, you talk about the... The underdog thing, right? Oh, that, I think that's that'd be right. a great story to get in there. Never been a big Packers guy or Aaron Rodgers guy, so I'll probably be leaning towards uh, 49ers over there. So just to be different than you, I'll say 49ers, Titans, and uh, that would be an interesting Super Bowl for sure. So that's coming to a close, moving in on that and uh, you know, heading in that direction. So uh, it's good stuff, man. I can't believe college football season's over. It was a great one. Longest season in the history I know. And of uh, Clemson, man. We started, what, August 20... Got it on my phone. August 29th. Yeah. All the way through, uh, Jan, you know, middle middle of January, January thirteenth. And so, can we start the petition though? Let's somehow get. Uh, I want all the bowl games to be played and lead up to the semifinals. 
And then yes. after the semifinals, the only college football you have is the national championship. And have them closer together as yes. well. Yes. That would be nice. Right? Because it would have been interesting to see just a week or whatever, eight or nine day difference yeah, between that, it, the two. I haven't looked at uh, the way it breaks down next year. I think it's it's not the two-week break next year, I'm pretty sure. And then you've got uh, Sugar Bowl and Rose Bowl for the semifinals. Let's go to the Rose Bowl. I know Dabo yeah. wants to go to the Rose yes, he Bowl. Does. He talks about it all the time. That's right. But that would probably mean that they were not the number one seed. So we'll be torn on all that. And then they'll go play in the Orange Bowl down in yeah. uh Well, just don't be the Miami. number three seed because the number three seed still has not won yes. a national championship. Yeah, let's do the first right? uh, number one seed to ever do it. So uh, so good stuff. Well, hey, everybody, thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, again, a shortened version of the Mark Childress Show this evening. We will be back next Wednesday night from 7 to 9. Again, you can catch us on the radio side. You you can catch us on the Facebook side. Thanks for hanging out with us this evening. Uh, we'll be pulling for Clemson basketball this weekend and uh, some great NFL games. You guys have a great night. This has been the Mark Childress Show. Safe at home plate in the price.